Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. And I'm not in New York. We're still in the same room because COVID and things. COVID and such. (sighs) It's a whole thing. Maybe soon I'll be there. Soon. (laughs) In the meantime, you've got... Glorious Sydney summer. On That's display. true. That's true. So the New York thing has been postponed maybe six weeks max, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Touch wood, pending further COVID things. Um, hold which, on, hold which, on, delis. Yeah. Tristan will be there for your I'll sandwiches. I'll be there for some chicken palm. Ah. Um, but, 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 but it, all it means is I'm really missing New York winter at the height of Omicron. So that's not the end of the world. It is not. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. Or is it? Or is it? Or is it? Um, thinking out loud right now, this is actually the second episode of the new year, isn't it? Because we recorded something before Christmas that came out last week. Yeah, but mate, are we going to release that? We could just have that in the can. Well, it depend, it depends it how strict we are with our every 10 episodes. Oh, this is for episode 140. Oh, yeah, it's Van Damme, isn't it? Yeah, it's Van Damme, baby. Oh, I've just given it away in case they couldn't read. <laughs> I like to imagine people just <laughs> press it without Do you remember reading. that? <laughs> when we first started, we were like giving clues about what we were about to cover. <laughs> like, mate, it says it on the beginning. I listened to an old episode uh, over the break. What was it? Oh, because I was looking for old episodes to re-release. And it's interesting. <laughs> I didn't go oh, back. I didn't go quite I back quite as far. Yeah. All I can say is we're definitely getting better, and I'm sure in two years I'll come back and listen to this episode and be like, "Oh, gee whiz, golly gosh, we're getting better." <laughs> and coronavirus is still yeah. A thing. We're up to we ran out of Greek letters we're and on Latin. <laughs> yeah, or something. Maybe they'll sound they'll do combinations of Greek letters like frat houses. Oh, Sigma Beta Chi. Yeah, exactly. Beta Chi. Somewhere like that. Keep going. Oh, Jesus! Good to have some Van Dam back in our lives. At, you know, in such a junction of. It really is, and one of this. <laughs> we're doing a film called Knock Off, as uh-huh. you know from, mm-hmm. from from the title of this episode. But never heard of it before. We'll get into all that. But never heard of it before, and I'm sure most listeners probably haven't either. So this is what I would assume to be a pretty niche episode. So if you're with us, welcome. Yeah, I have had good friends who are also good friends of the show mm. tell me, mate, I um, I don't listen to the Van Damme episodes. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is the Van Damme ones are in many ways our favourites but by no means are they the tent poles of this programming. There's they, they just kind of exist. They slip in there. Every now and then one will be pretty big like a Street Fighter. <laughs> it's not like, that's not a Kick good boxer. movie. <laughs> Yeah, Kickboxer does all right. But, yeah, there's, these, these are not the blockbuster episodes. We're, in the, we're, we're entering into the outer years. Yeah. Yeah. Will there be more inner years? Uh, well, we like to think so. I think so. I think so. We, we, we firmly believe that. Yeah. But we're definitely into this weird, wacky little pocket of films This is, and th- yeah, we'll obviously get into it, but there, this, there is some merit to this thing. Yeah. There's some merit here, people. So... Let's just get that. I'm just going to get that off my chest up front. It's a weird movie, and and one thing we should say up front is that it's not available on anything. Yeah, that's luckily someone had uploaded a low quality 
thing to YouTube. So that's what we watched, which definitely impacts the viewing experience. Mm. And it's a fucking wacky movie. Did that explain the dubbing situation? Oh, who the fuck knows? Probably not. Yeah, we'll get into that, I guess. And actually, let's just leave it there because we'll get into all that. But this came out, what year did this come out? 1998. 98. Big year. Big year. Um, for me personally, that was year 11, the penultimate year of high school. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. Uh, so what are you, like year nine? Wow. Year nine? Yeah, I guess so. Year nine's a bit of a nothing year, I suppose, isn't it? Not at the time. Can't remember. Year nine. It's late. We're getting into the late 90s. Year nine is peak school dance. Yeah, you really, like, you've not only discovered girls, you, like, you you want to know a lot more about yeah, it's them. It's like you're at that point where it's like girls are like beer for many reasons, but not the least of which being when you first they drink beer, you, you kind of just pretend to like it because you're like, yeah. But, you know, like initially at like year seven, it's like you're kind of scared of girls. Mm. You're right. You're like, I can't, they're interesting, but uh, you know, and you're like, let's get some girls. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was your journey. <laughs> okay. I'm still scared of them. Uh because I went to a, you went to a boys' school as well, right? Yeah, I did. Did you have school dances? Yes, and I was. Did they invite girls or? Yeah, yeah we'd, we'd have like so. All the Sydney folk out there, we had like the Monty was like yeah. the main girl, and they'd have those dances. And I, I was, yeah, I wasn't like, I was quite scared of girls. I would refuse. I would say politely say no to girls if who asked me to dance. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. Such a loser. That's amazing. These girls came over to us one time and we were sitting down and these older girls came up and they had boobs. Yeah. Oh. And they were like sort of trying to make small talk. Small talk. Yeah. And there was basically girls, some girls there were just there to hook up and guys obviously yeah. they were there to hook up and they just sort of like start dancing. And I remember seeing these people kiss. I'm like, is that what kissing looks like? That doesn't <laughs> look like a movie. They were just like two faces locked together like. Like a Simpsons kiss. You just yeah, exactly. Because oh, no one knows what they're doing. And man, and I, I was like, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I'm good. I would rather just tease people. <laughs> so I remember these girls came over and they're like, "Oh, did you guys?" And they're like, "Trying to make small talk." And they're like, "What year are you?" And we're like, "Year eight or whatever it was." And they're like, they looked at each other and I'm like, they're like, "Yeah, that'll do," sort of thing. <laughs> and they're like, "Honey, do you want to dance?" And I'm like, and I was like, "Nah." <laughs> and then they looked at each other like, "What?" I was like, "No, I'm okay." And they're like. Uh, okay, and then just walked on to the next guys and got what they were looking for. That's so good. That was so lame. <laughs> but eventually, you got you got married. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fate would have it. Yeah, it just took thirty something years. School dances were a big deal at ours. What? So, who did you school dance with? Who were you? We. The rule was, which was very in hindsight at the time, very exciting, but also in hindsight as an adult, just bizarre. Any female <laughs> could go. Oh. <laughs> so, so it was every any female from any school could go, but obviously only boys from our school could go. Oh, I like it. So I like those odds, right? That's a great idea. Yeah, it was like a spectacular scenario. Really, Mix. there's no there's no better scenario. Whose idea was that? It's genius. <laughs> it's genius. It's it's bizarre, isn't it? But it was great. I mean, Cheltenham Girls was our main sister yeah. school, so it was probably there were the majority. But then um, we enhanced our private school girl strategy over the years. Mm. Um, tried to position ourselves as the bad boy public school types, yeah. uh, which which worked to a degree. And um, and the school dances were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, I had to have my first. It's a family, we're a family podcast. Yeah, I think I had my first alcoholic beverage at 
at school dance. And oh, I thought like I was drunk, but I wasn't even really drunk. It was just something someone had in a Sprite bottle. Yeah. And I remember like Rocket fuel. being a little bit drunk, but because it was like probably the first any level of drunk I've been, I was like, whoa, I'm drunk, man. Yeah. You probably had like a fistful of snakes, Alan's snakes as well. So yeah, like exactly. Sugar high. Yeah. A couple yeah. of cans of Fanta. And it was just in the school hall. Ah, oh, this is nostalgic anyway. Smoke machine. Oh, yeah. The rude sandstorm. Uh, that's lights it. That's all up you on need. The, the Moby Dick. Yeah. And your coolest clothes. Like I remember I had a, a Nike visor hat <laughs> and a polo down? shirt. I wore it in various positions throughout the evening. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, good year. <laughs> Gosh. Was that your member berry for the year, my school dances? No. <laughs> so strap in, people. It's a yeah. uh, it's a tenuous link. I was actually going to talk. So 1998, can you tell me who the sexiest man alive was? And it's no, it's not a year nine Tristan Burrell. It's like Nick or, Nolte or something? It's one of those weird ones. <laughs> he, was, he was one. Yeah. No, it was uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah, okay. Fuck yeah. Every year, man. I mean, most years, right? Yeah. So interestingly, you know, because obviously the great Paul Rudd run won last year, 2021. Yeah. At the tender age of 52, I think. Yeah, he'll win in another 20 years probably. He's probably got a few left in him. You'd have to you'd have to say. Yeah. Um. So it got me thinking, well, he wasn't. He wasn't that young. He was 52, but Harrison Ford was 56. Mm. There's um, there's a bit of a legacy of an older gentleman winning these things. Like Nolte. I don't know how well, old he was. wasn't that old he, then. He's yeah. old now. I can't remove that from my brain. Yeah, he's yeah. old now. You know, it's, Who's the oldest to ever win? Oh, let me have a gush. The dragon from The Last Dragon? I am the last one. <laughs> uh, yeah, in 1989, Sean Connery won. He was a couple of months shy of 60 Wow. Maybe that's where he infamously told the world that it's okay to hit women if it's just keeping in them in line. It's hard to Rest get past soul. that. It is hard to get past it. Yeah. Richard yeah. Gere won it at 50. Yep. Um, when was that? How old is he now? I think it was like the maybe 1990. He's an inverse no, Paul wrong. Rudd because he's always looked about 50. Yeah. He's an early grey hair man. Yeah, he's dashing. Yeah. He also won in 1993 when they bent the rules a little bit and had the sexiest couple alive. Uh, with Cindy Crawford, which I, I mean, thought it was him and the gerbil. Sexiest <laughs> <laughs> <Setsius> trio. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I guess you know it's part of him. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, true. His yeah. Butthole. Yeah. Um, I mean, they didn't have any kids, did they? I don't think so. That's a shame. But she did. She no. I'm thinking of that other supermodel. I was going to say Ed Burns, who's got a Richard. Who's Giovanni. he married to? Uh, Christy Turlington? Ed Burns over here. I'm Ed Burns. I make movies a bit like Woody Allen a little bit. But then I kind of disappeared. <laughs> Who's that? Edward Burns. But who, but, oh, that was you. That was good. <laughs> that was my Edward Burns. I liked it. I thought it was someone else doing Edward Burns. Uh, Edward it, Burns. <laughs> <laughs> he was, maybe he was a cool guy. He was a cool guy. What Do happened you, to him? He married Christy Turlington and doesn't leave the house anymore. Fair enough. She's like. Very beautiful. Yeah. So I think they're finished, almost he like. He finished the game. He was like, all yeah. right, final level complete. Do his voice again? Just a high-pitched voice. Just a high-pitched voice with a sort of, where is he, is he like a Long Island guy or something? I don't, I don't know. know. I thought you were doing, <laughs> you sounded like it It wasn't one of your patented it wasn't a accidental, or something. accidental accent. Where yeah, you do my adjacent. Your adjacent <laughs> impressions. Your Kermit is actually Ray Romano or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Or Raphael. Raphael. Debra, lost the say. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first attempt at a Headwood Burns. It was good. I'm into it. I thought you were Charlie from Always Sunny. Yeah, well, he's got the same voice. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of does. Yeah. I'm into it. Mm. Um, so just, to, you know, just a closing comment on the whole thing. Yeah. Esquire, I was looking up, well, who are the sexiest women alive? Ah, okay. Um, so people don't do that. Right. Apparently Esquire until about 2013, 2015. Oh, because there were lists. There were lists. Is it a list or so, there's both lists? I don't they? know. Yeah, yeah. They had the sexiest women alive, woman alive. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Um, they're a bit lighter on the, um, they're a bit more ageist. You know, it's all, you could probably guess who they had. You know, just whoever just turned eighteen or something stupid. Yeah, I think that. Well, you know, I don't think there was many. There wouldn't have been too many over thirty-five. Yeah, it would have been Alyssa Milano one year, maybe like two thousand and two or something. Maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah in my heart, <laughs> yeah. Um, TikTok friend of the show. That, this stuff. This sounds familiar as something I did pay attention to at the time. Because you know, we used to always get those magazines at work. Yeah. FHM and yeah, we used to get free magazines at work back in the day, Greg and I. And like all those men's mags that don't really exist. Well, maybe they exist still, but we don't read them. Um, and they would no, have all don't. that kind of shit in there. <laughs> There's nothing in those magazines. No, 10 tips to get abs. <laughs> yeah, and it's the opposite of what we told you last week. Yeah, men's yeah. health were notorious for conflicting guidance on health. Man, it changed every week. But you know with the, the sexiest band stuff, Apparently, you apparently like you have to. You're apply. involved in some sense. I don't know if it's apply or or work with them. There's some agreement in place mm. because I remember this um, for obvious reasons. After the when Bradley Cooper won, mm. and he was like, "Man, obviously it's Ryan Gosling's year." There was, you know, when Ryan Gosling really just suddenly was like the hot guy mm. out of nowhere. And everyone, it was like he didn't win and he wasn't even in it, I don't think. It, it apparently he's like he didn't want to do it. So there's some kind of agreement thing. You've got to be on board. Yeah, maybe you have to. I don't know if it's whether you have to. Surely they don't apply. Like it's not like an Oscar campaign, surely. I'm just reaching for my white wine. White wine. White wine. White wine. Oh, it was cocktail. When you said white wine before before we started potting, I was like, what, what was the white wine joke? What was the white wine joke? Well, it's just like it was like generic crowd yelling at Tom Cruise to make drinks, and he's like, "White wine, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. white wine, white wine." <laughs> Greg and I are drinking white wine. That's the that's the subtext. White there. wine. Yeah, it's summer here, people. It's summer. It's beautiful summer Sunday. Anyway, continue. Anyway, so that's kind of a wrap on that one. Uh, the only thing I would say is that I assume Sally Field got some sort of honourable mention every year, but. I didn't see her name personally. I think she's she's definitely going to win yet to come. Mm. R.I.P. Betty White. Fuck, man. Top of the show. <sighs> man. I was like. So close to 100. She was about to have a, some kind of birthday special, which. Yeah, I think they're pushing ahead with. I assume. So. Yeah, I assume like. Well, I don't know what format it is. I was hoping maybe it was already recorded and maybe the tone shifts slightly now. But, yeah, I believe that's the Well, case. the tone wouldn't shift too much. It's still a celebration. It's not like I love Betty White, but it's not like you're going to say gone too soon or something. Like she's had a good run. Yeah. Like it's that's a bit of a robbery. Go, yeah. Three weeks. Well, yeah. Carol was like, she's 99. It's awesome. Like, yeah, but three weeks shy of, you know, she's a she's a centurion if there ever was one. I, like she had just been interviewed and was slinging it. It's like, 
something about she made a joke about Ryan Reynolds having a crush on her or something, and it was good bands, good bands. Yeah, she's quite thirsty. She that she had like a, a long-standing gag. Is there anything you haven't done that you still want to do in Hollywood? <laughs> and she'd always just say Robert Redford. <laughs> She's fucking funny, man. I just saw one clip because there's been lots of good clips going around. And, uh, hey, I've always said Golden Girls, great fucking show. Mm, great show. Great show. But there's this clip circulating that apparently it was scripted to an extent but you can kind of tell where it starts to go off the wall a little bit because everyone's just laughing but they kept it in. You know she used to tell these stories from back in St. Olive or whatever mm. and they were just like <laughs> fucking absurd. This is exactly what happened during the Great Herring War. The Great Herring War? Yes, between the Lindstroms and the Johansson. Oh, that Great Herring War. (laughs) The two families controlled the most fertile herring waters off the coast of Norway, so naturally it seemed like it would be in their best interest to band together. (laughs) Boy, was that a mistake. You see, they couldn't agree on what to do with the herring. Oh, well, that's understandable. I mean, the possibilities are overwhelming. <laughs> exactly. The Johansons wanted to pickle the herring, and the Lindstroms wanted to train them for the circus. <laughs> Tell me, Rose, um... <laughs> did they ever shoot a herring out of a cannon? <laughs> But they shot him into a tree After that no other herring would do it They start They openly are laughing And keep asking her questions about this story And just yes ending each other And she just keeps going (laughs) And it's fucking great Um, Who knows how recently that happened Because I don't know when we're going live with these episodes But who knows? Who knows? Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. One, one of the greats. 80 years in television. It's, it's absurd. Fuck, man. And quite a pioneer back in the day. She was like the first female producer for oh, TV. Really? Oh, there was this bunch of things she'd done that, that women just weren't doing at the time or weren't allowed to do. She mm. was actually a, quite the pioneer. We sort of just take her as this... Yeah, cultural artifact almost that yeah that makes us smile. But she actually did a whole lot more than man than uh, than just turn up and and be a pretty face with a, with a few zingers. She was she pushed the boat out and right up until the end because it's not like she disappeared yeah. for a while and then she passes away and it's like oh yeah okay yeah like I said I'm pretty sure she was on a talk show like last week yeah just still doing her thing. When did she do SNL? I don't know. Maybe a decade ago or less. I don't know. Good question. There was a, she must have had a cameo or something. She hosted. Yeah, but even more like surely it can't yeah. be that long since yeah. she's yeah. been on it in some capacity. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Betty. Ah, Betty, we love you. Mm-hmm. Oh. So 98. 98, big year for, for all kinds of things. Um, big year for, for trying to get to know girls. Mm. Big year for sexiest men alive. Who was it, Harrison Ford? Big year for Harrison mm. Ford. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have his earring then? Probably not. <laughs> well, I was thinking maybe that – was that the second time he won, did you say? 
Oh, no, that's Richard Rashad. Uh, Rashad Gaudet. I wonder if the, the earring might have, like, been part of the comeback. Um, <laughs> phase two. It's strange. It's a strange little earring, you guys. <laughs> sticking with it. Good on him. <laughs> uh, big year for movies too. Yeah. Armageddon. Armageddon, a list from you right now. Oh, God. <laughs> Saving Private Ryan. Saving Ryan's private. There it is. Godzilla. What do you got with that one? Godzilla. <laughs> Something about Mary, Bugs Life. There's many more. Deep Impact, Dr. Doolittle, Wild Things. Oh. In fact, that's one of those movies I forgot we did. We've done that many episodes now that we forget some. Yeah. I remember that one, though. Mr. Lombardo. Strange film, that one. Strange film. Uh, speaking of strange films, it's also the year of knockoff. I forgot to check where it came in, but based on some of these, I'd say maybe it would be in the top 100. I thought it was, oh, fuck, I didn't put in the real numbers. Did it make 10 mil? Did you make put in the fakey numbers? I just didn't update the numbers. Sorry, it's my first first time back. Are they fake fake numbers? Well, it's just from whatever was in there last time. I think think my default. It will ring rust. My default template I always copy is from back in the Commando episode, which apparently had a gross of $44 million, which mm. this did not, did it? Mm-hmm. 10 million, that puts it maybe outside of top 200, man. I might have made that up, maybe. That, <laughs> that sounds, sounds about right. right, doesn't it? 10 mil, 8 mil budget, something like that, 7 mil budget. Oh, no, that was right. It made $44 million. Oh. Maybe in Hong Kong or something, I wonder. Yeah, it's pretty, I guess, it's still a pretty. I mean, I'd never heard of this movie. Yeah, right. Had you heard of yeah, it? Yeah, I had. And you I, had heard I'm, of it, oh, okay. I had seen it. I couldn't remember it. Oh, really? Yeah. But I feel like I didn't watch it in 98 or 99. Like I, I don't know when I watched it. But yeah. I had seen it and I didn't like it. And yeah. I'll talk more about it later. But it felt like it's quite a, it's a different take for JC. It's a different Yeah. That's actually what thing. I like about it, which yeah. we'll get into. But yeah, exactly. The rewatch is different to my first take. Yeah. But I didn't like that he was sliding around, like him getting dragged by ch- uh, by cables when he's sliding around between ship uh, yeah. crates. And I'm like, oh, this is a bit OTT. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't used to it, didn't know what it was trying to do, didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. I think if I had watched it then I would not have been interested either, mm. I think. Um, but now you kind of see more what it's trying, well, we'll get into it. Yeah. But I think yeah, it, now yeah. as an adult you're like, oh, I see what was attempted here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, critics at the time, however, mm. not big fans. So, I mean, it, it has a Rotten Tomatoes score, which I was surprised by, of only 8%. I was surprised it was so low. Eight? Have we done That's eight? low. Yeah, fuck, good point. I don't think we've been this low for a while. It might be one of the lowest. I can't recall a lower. Audience score of 25%. Critic consensus is punchy, straight to the point. Muddled plot, semicolon, stiff acting. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I never saw this. Did, did You saw it, but I saw it. But it was just I a thing that really happened. I can't really recall. Yeah. I, I, in fact, it wasn't until later in the movie. I think it was that yeah. scene specifically where he's sliding around between the shipping containers. And it all came flooding back. And I was like, oh, I have seen this. Ah. Yeah. So whether or not it was just on and I was drunk or 
Right, it's in there somewhere. It's in there somewhere. It's in there somewhere. Yeah, interesting. It's a fascinating one. I mean, it might have been on one of the um, pay TV channels for a period of time back yeah. in the day. It's probably. More well, yeah, likely. exactly, because it's '98. It might have been circulating on on the pay TVs yeah, in the early, in the early 2000s. 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Optus Vision. Optus Vision. Action Channel. <laughs> Simpler time. Ugh. <laughs> um, let's get into the origin story. Yes. Origin story. Oh, thanks, Sinbad. That was punchy in the ear holes. I like <laughs> it. It was, wasn't it? He's really. I felt like Oki was inside me for a minute. I've had those feelings before. Yeah. Usually at the Christmas party or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Ski trip. <laughs> There's a hidden joke in there for Rocky. Yeah. About being inside us. <laughs> um, well, I don't know what happened at the ski trip, but I, I assume it involved. I'll tell you after the show. <laughs> hey, this is uh, I don't have an appropriate button. For, yeah, I do. Wow. This is uh, we've hit the 10-year mark for Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. So it all kicked off, so to speak, oh, in 88. That is And now we're in 1998. Insane. This is the thing that I've, I've realised. Wow. Keep going. Is that <laughs> we've done a lot of Van Damme movies. And it's only within a space it's, of 10 years. It's crazy he, what he's done in 10 years. Man, you look at his filmography and up until this point, it drops off slightly but not much. It's been an average of three movies a year, which is crazy. I think there was one year where he did one movie, which maybe was like a rehab year or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, man, just he's working full-time, man. You know how some actors are like, oh, they, what, they just shoot for four weeks and then take two years off. Mm. If you're making three movies a year, you're working Non-stop. full-time. Non-stop. Respect. Yeah. Respect. So it's been ten years since Bloodsport, nine years since Kickboxer, seven years since Double Impact. Six years after Universal Soldier. These things are quite old at this point. Mm. Four years after the Denim Westerns. Five years. The Denim Westerns know where to run. Hard target. Four years after Street Fighter and Time Cop, which is his peak box office JCVD, mm. Mm. not including things like Expendables, I think. Three years after Sudden Death, which is arguably his last mainstream blockbustery type of film. You know, mm. After that, we kind of we get into this weird... Obviously, he has um, um, the quest, which is his magnum opus. But then after that, we kind of fall into this weird pocket of maximum risk. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because you've got, I mean, double team is unusual in that it's got a, you know, one of the highest profile sports stars in it. Because mm. um, he was a big deal at the time. He was a big deal, and Chewie Hark, his first American film, and he's he's a big fucking deal in Hong Kong. Big deal in Hong, in Hong Kong. Kong. Uncle Frankie. Yeah. And, and, he, and he's back for this one, his second and yep. final American film. Yep. Um, so not to say that these are like, you know, he's gone to trash. Like we said last time as well, like he's done many international directors' first American movies. Yeah. So I like to think that JCVD has some, uh, some sway in those things happening, which I... Again, I respect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's we're in a weird place. But he's come. Yeah, he's not going deeper into Hollywood blockbuster territory. Yeah, I mean, because uh, sudden death is him being Bruce Willis, basically. Yeah, and and Universal Soldier is him being an Arnold, and you know he, he gets to 
he's done all these things and now we're getting into these niche, they're pretty niche. Not, not, I guess they were meant to be blockbusters, but, you know, if Dennis Rodman wasn't in double team, I don't yeah. know how much that would be part of the popular culture consciousness. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. And that's, but in saying that, it's very interesting. It pocket. is. It's a weird little it is era of films. Yeah, this one particularly. And I this think. one particularly, and it, and it kind of breaks my heart, which we'll get into, that this is the the last US film that Chewie Hark made because I get the feeling that he didn't have total creative control here, but there's, there's, there's traces of greatness in this. And it's, I think you'll probably, yeah, I agree. Yeah. You'll probably touch on the, it's a D'Souza script. Oh, I forgot about that. I didn't yeah. write that down. So that's was it, that's the first one since uh, Street Fighter. Yeah, Street Fighter. Yeah. yeah, but he's but Die Hard. Die Hard. This guy is one of the few. What's his first name? Stephen E. D'Souza, who I loathe and despise today. That's what. Um, <laughs> who says that? That's what. Uh, what's his name? Says Joel Silver. Oh. <laughs> when nice. he was talking about Die Hard. Yeah. Remember that interview we were watching? Oh, yeah, I can't yeah that's good. It. Um, yeah, 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 it's good. <laughs> Stephen Souza, who I loathe and despise today, and the crowd laughs. But um, seriously, I want to kill the guy. <laughs> Which is why you haven't seen him on many good scripts since then, I suppose. Yeah. Well, he, he's one of the few, according to Wiki, one of the few script writers in Hollywood or the world who's netted over like a couple of billion. His films right. that he's written yeah. have netted, you know, some total of billions of billions of box office. Oh, there's some great stuff yeah. that I'm underrepresenting right now. <laughs> but he's, yeah, he's obviously diehard and there's a, a raft of others. A raft. There's a raft, maybe a, a barge. Oh, <laughs> maybe like a kibbutz. Yeah. Now this is, I've done a lot of context setting here and that's because I don't have much else because I said to you facetiously before, Greg, that I've read everything there is to read mm. about this film on the internet and it took minutes of my day. Yeah. <laughs> There's Which not much out there. kind of nice sometimes. Sometimes it takes some of the pressure off. Sometimes it can be overwhelming in terms of like volume. You don't yeah. want to miss anything. So like I've got to read everything and make sure I'm not missing anything. This is the other extreme where it's like I don't know what else I have to talk about really. This film happened and it's interesting and now when we'll talk about it. There's, yeah. some, there's some interesting things to unpack but there's not like a lot – in the in the more meta side I'm, of things, yeah, I feel we're in a bit of a sweet spot in that you're right. There's there wasn't too much to find and try and sift through. Yeah, but there's enough to in the talk movie about itself. in the movie just to have a bit of a band. Yeah, because this is the thing we've we've had a couple of movies that we've ended up bailing on because it doesn't have. You need one of those things. Mm. Sometimes you do a movie and there's not a lot to talk about within the movie. Either it's been done to death. Or it's just there's just nothing notable other than pointing out some absurdities. Yeah, and then, like yeah. what about that bit when? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you got movies Remember? like Stop or My Mum Will Shoot, and we both watched it and we're like, I don't, I don't know if we're ready to make an episode about this because I don't, don't I have nothing to say other than that movie's not very good. Like yeah. there's there's nothing to talk about. Yeah, but this one there's plenty of things in there. There's no shortage of things, many things. Mm. Is it? I mean. There's a finite number of things. Yeah. It depends how deep you There's go. like two things <laughs> that we all extrapolate out. Oh, there's a few things. I got more than two. Oh, nice. Maybe three, two and a half. Um, <laughs> more, uh, definitely more than what I had in the origin story. But uh, why don't we play the trailer? That's it? 
That's it. We get these people together, bish, bash, bosh. Oh, bish, bash, bosh, bish, bash, bosh. Where's the rap party? Rap party at the Kumite. I've never been to Hong Kong. Me neither. Been to the airport. Yes, yeah, I was there for 10 hours. Crystal Jade dumplings are like the – I'm like, these are the best dumplings I've ever had. The airport's awesome. And we're in an airport. So what else does this beautiful country offer me beyond the airport? Hong Kong and the world are poised for one of the most historic moments of the closing century. The return of Hong Kong to Chinese rule after a century and a half as a British colony. On the streets of Hong Kong, a war is raging between the criminals who rule the city and the terrorists who threaten the world. One man is caught in the middle. And he'll need all the help he can get. She's a cop? You didn't tell me she was a cop. Let's go! So you're a spy, huh? We work for the government! We're CIA! That's not a battery. That's a state-of-the-art explosive device. They can target anywhere they want. And they're going to put these bombs into clock radios, stereos, even children's toys. And once this stuff gets shipped, there's a lot of innocent people going to be in a lot of grave danger. We don't know what she did! This is obviously between you two, so if you can aim at him... Send a detonation signal. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road? You better buy some new CDs, Harry. It's pathetic. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Knock off. So I, I had him watch that trailer, and that's I like that's a good pitch, man. Mm. Sometimes the beauty of watching these JCVD movies that you hadn't seen before is it's like discovering a new Beatles song. You know, it's like, oh, there's one I haven't seen and this mm. is great. You're going with no. But that trailer would have been helpful just to even get the premise. Yeah. Because it took me about an hour to realise what was. <laughs> yeah, I'm still. <laughs> actually, that's not a bad segue because you've got to tell yeah, us what I happened in this movie. on Wiki and it helped a lot. <laughs> yeah, I actually had to go back and read it because yeah. well, I was oh. like. At certain points I was rewinding it just to make sure I – and then I just let it flow and I read the plot synopsis after. Me too. <laughs> it like, really there, helped. There were Russians? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, the Russians. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay. 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 Leo Getz. Okay, so JC is back in Hong Kong reprising his role as Alex. Mm. Oh. Wagner. Ah. Importer, exporter. Well, I thought this is this is closes out the Hong Kong Underworld trilogy. Mm. Bloodsport. Yeah. Double impact. Police cuffs. Police cuffs. But he's got a new haircut. He's gone from a slick back to a slick forward uh, Caesar Caesar vibe. It's a little now. It's a bit now. It works. Yeah. I would say he was tagging Clooney at the time. Yes. Um. Who was sort of the owner of that style? You'd have to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, this guy, this guy's not. His name's Marcus. Yeah. He's not quite as cool as Alex. You know, he's not as badass, really. Cooler than Chad. Definitely cooler than Chad. 
He's still a cool guy. So yeah. there's some Russians trying to get some baby dolls that are really bombs. They got this, they're like kids' toys, but they're yeah. bombs. Yeah. They got this green mist when they explode. Yeah. That like happens Hellfire in the beginning. in Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's, that's what Carol said. Yeah. Um, she, I'm glad you said it so I don't have to give her credit. <laughs> <clears throat> she doesn't listen anymore, we're safe. Yeah, wives don't listen. That's why I went so deep on school dances. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too. I wouldn't be telling you that. <laughs> For opposite reasons. Correct. <laughs> Who are you? You lame. Um, so there's these Russians that are like periphery Russians. So Marcus and his business partner, Rob Schneider, a.k.a. Tommy Hendricks, mm. they get a visit from their global business partner, V6 Jeans, which V6, I guess that's meant for diesel. Is that what they're doing there? Oh, that's good. I was wondering that. I was like, V6. Like, yeah, is this some kind of like, yeah, motor vehicle analogy that I'm Yeah, I think it's diesel. diesel. Yeah, I think it's diesel. Yeah. Um, 90s were big for designer jeans. They were. I've had plenty of pairs of diesels in my time. I never had diesels. Diesels were a good jean. I think I went straight from Keppers to Nudies. Nudies, wow. <laughs> no, they were, I think there were like some Lee? quick silver You must have had some Lee in there. Yeah, I think I had some Lee. Lee were good jeans. I think I had some Levi's in there. Levi's are still good. No, yeah, they're still, yeah. They're still good. Yeah. Um, so their global business partner, this chick from V6 Jeans, it's um, Willie Beeman's wife or girlfriend. Remember Any Given Sunday, Willie Beeman? No. Jamie Foxx? That's what she... Ah! This whole time, I was like, fuck, she looks so familiar. She's in a bunch and of I things. And I looked her up and she's in a, a ton of things. She's in a so ton of things. nothing stood out to me. Yeah. That um, one. But I'm like, what do I know her from? She's I wish good. Google she's just good, man. That. What's her name? Someone wrote Well, no one's good in this movie. This is the thing. Oh, not in this film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll get to that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so she, okay, okay. Okay. so she's like, yeah, there's been knock knockoffs coming out of the factory that you've been managing. Right? Did she look at the camera when she said knockoffs? She should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she says, sorry, I'm interrupting a lot of. Fine. <laughs> no, We're freestyle. The, how do I put the music in after when I keep interrupting? I do this every time. I edit the episode, and I put the music in for your plot synopsis. Yeah. And every time I interrupt, it ruins the music. Oh, does it? Well, it's like, do I keep the music going? Do I fade it out Just for a bit while we going. sidebar? Uh, then do Just I bring so it back in as you get, you know, it's a lot oh. of thought that goes yeah. into that. <laughs> Just leave it playing. No one cares. <laughs> I care. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. So you, you're with me. You get what's happening. The business partner's going, there's been knockoffs coming out of the factory so far, that you've been clearer than the film. Yeah. running. It's $5 million cost to V6. Yeah. That's on you, pal. Yeah. Pals, pals, Tommy Hendricks and Marcus Aurelius. Yes. <laughs> it's probably it's appropriate with the Caesar cut, right? Not bad. Um, Fuck, that's interesting because you touched on one of my recasties. George Clooney? No. Marcus Aurelius. Isn't that, isn't that Gladiator? Yeah. Yeah. Russell Crowe? Yeah, it's one of my recasties. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's never made a recaster yet. I know, right? Oh, I tried to... I, I googled... <laughs> it's so dumb. It's like no one's top of mind. I had to Google actors. I can't remember. I've done recasts for 2000s and for now. And so I had to Google actors that were big in the 2000s. <laughs> I always have generic searches of actors. Yeah. It Handsome so actors in their yeah. 20s. And you use these silly adjectives. Ugly actors yeah. in their 20s. 
Cool guys. Cool yeah. guys. This is we're we're on tangential today. Sorry. We're tangential. We're tangential. I'm cool. I'm I'm ready to tangent. Yeah. Okay, okay. So they've okay, so she said five million dollars. You gotta find out where this five million dollars who who who's doing the knockoffs. Yeah. That's on you guys. You find that out, we're sweet, but it's currently it's on you. Yeah. Meanwhile, Marcus uh best mate Eddie slash brother, but Chinese, mm. gets abducted in a tuk-tuk race, but Eddie! it wasn't really Eddie. It was a double he was using in the tuk-tuk race to cheat the race, which didn't have to really happen because Marcus's shoes blew up anyway because um, they're knockoffs. Rickshaw race. Rickshaw. Even weirder than a tuk-tuk race. Yes. What's the difference between a tuk-tuk and a rickshaw? A tuk-tuk's a moto race. It's a car, the three-wheel car thing, isn't it? Oh. And then a rickshaw is the carrying right. and running. I've blurred them into one vehicle, such as my experience in Southeast Asia. Are you homogenizing Asia into one? Uh, uh. One drunken <laughs> night? <clears throat> okay. okay. They've also got rickshaws in Gold Coast. Mm. That's true. Okay. And New York. So Eddie gets killed, but it wasn't really Eddie. But the guys that were killing were the Russians that we don't really see a lot of in this film. Yet they're the sort of they're the bad guy apparently. But we don't yeah. really see them. There's we just don't they don't exist. Yeah, maybe that's the point. Uh-huh. Um, it's not the point. Uh-huh. Um, so Eddie goes into hiding at a like I think it's like a dragon fruit factory or something, or maybe mm. maybe like a, a durian, so people can't smell him. <laughs> um, so then it turns out that Tommy Hendrix, aka Rob Schneider, aka Carrot. Um, it's deep blue. It's deep blue. Rob Schneider is... It's deep. deep blue. <laughs> um, it's really in the CIA, because that is believable. Um, and he's been <laughs> using Marcus to get closer to all things knockoffs. So I don't know if it's he was infiltrating trade and knockoffs specifically, or bombs in knockoffs, or, bottom, or knockoffs in bombs in... Knockoffs. Yeah, and I don't get knockoff bombs. I don't know. I don't get what Marcus thought he was doing. Either. Was he supposed to be the knockoff expert in that scenario? Yeah, because he... he's like, I'm changing. Yeah, but were you to what? Like, what do you just? Do? That, yeah. And that tech, TikTok thing was TikTok. That tuk tuk thing was a fashion show at the beginning. It said that was a fashion show. Yeah, it, it's uh, a lot. I don't care. One of those, these guys have those jobs that aren't really jobs. And you know, I, I have. A, we've talked about this before. I hate that trailers give away too much these days. But actually, for this movie, that trailer would just be a good compass, a good, a good. Uh, what's the word? Foundation yeah. to then go into this film. They should have just played that. So at the you beginning. know exactly. So you got some kind of bearings of what, what's what because I had no idea what was happening for the first 30 mm. minutes or so. Anyway, sorry, continue. We're still in plot synopsis. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it. Like there's a secret CIA base in the giant Buddha for some reason. That's a terrible location. It's very hard to get in and out of. And they get wildfired. They get wildfired. Plenty of other people get so wildfired. Can't yeah. tell who's dead or who's alive. It seems to be hard to die in this movie. Everyone that works at the gene companies in the CIA apparently. Yeah. Maybe it's not even a real... Gene company. Maybe, Do they exist just maybe for genes things? just ensuring American yeah, yeah. neo spies. <laughs> Something like that. What a uh, weird movie, man. Yeah, I mean, man. I just came up with that just then. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, not, it's, it's a love story, kind of. Nah. Not even. Almost Snyder. Almost. 
I know. I and thought they could have they could have had a cute hookup at the end. I thought like like you know when the I kind of when the ambulance was, is there. Yeah, and then they get a little passion because a bit of passion. The because when that started happening, so what we're talking about here, if you haven't seen it, because it's hard to see this movie, is is the 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 obligatory hot woman of this film who has a few plot twists, etc. It looks like she's her and Schneider are going to hook up, which I thought was an interesting some version of you know JCVD getting the girl or whatever. I was into it, but then it was she was I guess honey potting him or whatever. Because she was also CIA, but she didn't know he was CIA and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, how do they not know that? <laughs> what kind of how organization is this? And the only how way are they, they going to know? The only way they check is the same way a bouncer puts the blue light over your fucking driver's <laughs> license. <laughs> valid. Yeah, valid CIA. Checks out. Yeah, checks out. What, the what fuck is, is it? Is it going to say not valid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of knockoffs, no wonder these guys can't tell. Man. They're all CIA <sighs> and then they're all as twists and turns at every quarter, which that stuff I didn't mind too much. Um, rickshaw race we've covered. Um, oh, just to embellish there a little bit, uh, the rickshaw race, an important detail that we haven't covered is that Rob Schneider is in the back of the rickshaw, uh, JCVD is pulling the rickshaw and JCVD is, sorry, Schneider is slapping whipping JCVD, him. whipping him with a fish on his ass. Mm. That's all. It's hot. <laughs> Don't even know why that. Race is happening. It didn't need it just, to. It just happens. There's a lot in here that it's, it's like no one edited this thing. Or they over-edited. This is the other thing because I heard. Oh, okay. I didn't hear. Took I out, read. Took out connecties. <laughs> so not to jump ahead because I've got a bit, a few more thoughts on this, but but it, it seems as though they edited the shit out of this thing at least with the fight scenes. So I get the sense that Chewy Ark didn't have final cut. I mean, he left. He left the US after this. It's like I'm not making any more movies there. Yeah, he makes good movies. He's won millions of awards. He's mm-hmm. so it's not that he's, he's not a the legitimate. Issue here. Yeah, Top Gun director. Yeah, so for him to just kind of pack up and leave, he obviously had issues with the system. But uh, I'll read this out. It's it's from IMDb, IMDb trivia, which is is. A few tiers below Wikipedia in terms of credibility, but this one seems legit, and I'll read it out. There were a few other things hinting at this. This this is at least well written, so it makes it feel more true. But it seems it, it, it rings true. Hong Kong superstar director Sammo Hung served as the second unit director of this film. Okay, yeah, Sammo Hung, friend of the show. Absolutely. Um, the release print of Knockoff suffers from the removal of a lot of the martial arts. A lot of the martial arts action shot for the film, with a couple of sequences being heavily edited. Interesting. I didn't notice. So I guess when they say Samuel Hung was there, I guess also as like choreographer and that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, the final battle between Jean Claude Van Damme's character and Australian actor slash stuntman Michael Miller is less than half of the action shot for their fight. And upon careful viewing, you can pick up the fact that is that the guy with the glasses? I think so. I don't. The, the fact that I got all it all got a bit muddy towards the end for me. Mm. I don't have great recall of all these things. Mm. Um, but upon careful viewing, you can pick up the fact that the fight um, ranged across several different sections of the boat, while the fight between Jeff Wolf's character Scar and John Claude and John Claude's is the most heavily edited, with more of the action being shown in the making of featured blah blah blah. I mean, there's definitely parts in this movie where, like, the action is pretty awesome in parts, but then there's other parts where it's like. 
it's a Hong Kong director. Yeah. And Hong Kong action movies, you know, they're known for the, the wide shots, no cuts, to see all the things happening. But this had lots of little cuts. So I wonder if, like, an American editor comes in and goes, this is how we do things around here. Cut it up. You know, I feel like there, I feel like right. there was more going on and it just kind of got yeah. cut up into US-style action. Well, because it's interesting. The whole, because I think we observed this a little bit as well with Double Team. Yeah. There was some, uh, damn, I don't want to criticise him because he's obviously amazing. Yeah. It felt like there was some John Woo wannabe attempts at some zoomy, closey. Well, they came up together so I wanted to what extent yeah. one is his yeah. thing versus their thing. I, I think with both of them though, if you were judging both of these guys just on their Jean-Claude Van Damme American films of the era, they both look seem like they're not very good directors. So I, I think there's something else at play here, which is probably just not letting them have full control. Do get their thing. Done. Yeah. And so who knows? Maybe I don't know how the timeline works out, but maybe at this point John Woo had blown up and they're like, yeah, Hong Kong guy, do more John Woo stuff. You know, like maybe. Yeah. Well when was face off? 97. It right? must have been yeah, exactly. Yeah. Must have been. And so I wonder if he's face. just getting pushed off. <laughs> Watch that again soon. Uh, I could rewatch that 100%. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, this that's is something a, I thought would be interesting actually is we've done a few episodes now mm. to do a retrospective and what movies would we actually be really keen to watch again mm. and do any of our verdicts shift and that would be interesting to do. Maybe Patreon. Mm. Um, mm. But, yeah, it's interesting and because I, 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 I mean I, I haven't seen any of his other movies but – I, I did. I, I triple checked today, and like, there's so many that have won like Hong Kong Film Awards and all yeah, kinds of shit. Yeah, he's like, worked huge. Heaps. You know, he's worked with Jackie Chan a lot. Yeah, Sam like these are big movies. So Jet Li. Yeah, his talents not, not in doubt. Even I guess maybe even things like language barrier could get in the way. It was a different time. Like maybe now there would be more open. Like Hollywood might be more open to like. Actually letting him control. do his thing versus... Yeah, that's an interesting point. ...versus trying to Americanize it. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I like to think so. Yeah. Because even like with Shang-Chi, like that was obviously still pretty Western, but in terms of the action in that movie, it was a, it was an Asian director. Yeah. But I think American-Asian. Um, but they did do the long takes and actually showed the fighting and it wasn't just cut every second and, you know, the old comical, see someone flip and then stand up in front of the camera like, that was me the whole time. Like they're actually doing stuff. Yeah. Um, which was which was impressive. So I guess. And also speaking of the language. You, yeah. The art of subtitling. Yeah. Which always puts like me off we're these in movies. Hong Kong. Like, like why, why is they the, speaking English? Why is the police force yeah. having a conversation in English? 100% yeah. man. Little things. So, yeah, I, we went down a little rabbit hole there with some of the what we think might have happened in the editing suite. But in terms of just additional impression, like what was, what was the viewing experience uh, like for you, Greg? Well, as I said, I didn't like this when I had yeah. my, my vague recollection of this film was I didn't like it. Watching it this time, I was like, ah, oh, I see what they're trying to do here. Yeah. This is basically going back to Hong Kong with a Hong Kong legend director. Yeah. And – Kind of inserting some Western elements into his, into his world. Yeah, and I thought Van Dam did a really on the stunt, action, yeah. on the fighting side of things. Yeah, I thought he did a really good job. Is, is, 
I thought so too. There was definitely like a different style happening it's here. It's Jackie Chan. Where he's right? doing like, the Jackie Chan stuff. It's doing like, the Jackie Chan He's stuff. like spinning on obstacles and things. And I know there's other there's stuntmen slotted in here and there, but I think he, he's yeah, there too. I, and I don't have the detail on what he did and didn't do, but... But he's doing stuff we haven't seen him do before. Yeah, and, and I thought he good. did it well. And I think even when it comes to the comedy stuff, whether he succeeded on all of it, he's fucking going for it. Yeah. And so I really, again, we say this every Van Damme episode, <laughs> but I really respect yeah. that he tries to do different shit. Yeah. This is not in the pocket for him. This mm. is not like The Rock rewriting a character just to be The Rock. Like yeah. He's doing things to try different, different things. Different sunglasses. Respect that. Yeah. He he went in all in on a very different style. Like, you know, yeah. like. He's obviously being, he's on the He's acro- almost trying to be a Ryan Reynolds type of character in this. Yeah. Like uh, that, that action with the, the comic flair, which I, he's a funny guy. Mm. Jean-Claude Van Johnson, he pulls that off. Someone found the right, right way to write it for him yeah. to do that. But he's not a quippy. He can't do the quips. No, we've seen that. And this, is, and this is him, yeah. This is less quippy in terms of one-liners, but it's more comedic overall, which is tough. Yeah. To pull off. And so is that style of action. There's fast shits, you know. Yeah, think about spinning like, around poles and you know, all that kind of shit. He's got great kicks and he's very yeah. dexterous and athletic and and agile and yeah. that. But you know, if you think about his fights in any of his marquee films, they're very static. A lot of slow motion. Yeah, one four four camera angles on one kick that you see it happen four times. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this, it's he's on the move. It's, it's all it's, fast. Yeah, yeah man. I thought he did pretty well. And also considering where he was at in his life at this stage, yeah. he was pretty – I imagine he's still in the bowels of his uh, yeah, addiction I, years, right? I was trying to map that and I, I don't have the details, but I I like to imagine – because he's definitely not phoning it in. Like, you know, you watch Street Fighter yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're like – so I like to imagine maybe this is part of the, like, rebirth, like the comeback of like, yeah, all right, I'm going gonna, gonna to throw myself into work. He gets his rig out and it looks pretty good. yeah. Not that it ever He definitely didn't. looks a bit older here. This is the first time I noticed yeah. where he looks more a bit like modern JC mm. a little bit, which is interesting because, you know, obviously we've covered three movies a year. So to notice a sudden shift yeah. is interesting. And so maybe that coincides with going off the drugs and, you know, sometimes when you people get off drugs they, I don't know, maybe he drank more alcohol then. I don't know. Maybe who like. Who knows? Who knows? But in any case. He's thrown himself into this. This is he's not phoning this in. He looks good. He looks good. New haircut, great fashion. There is some good fashion in this. When he's got his Hawaiian shirt on with his <laughs> fake pumas, that's yeah, a great look. It's man. a great look. It's a great fucking look. Yeah, I'm into it. It and this doesn't insist upon itself. It does not. It does not. You know, it doesn't try and do too. You know, like oh, this is try hard. Yeah. The, the only try hard bits of this film is is the cinematography. There's uh, what's what's the image with an image? Mm. <laughs> like, like it shows like like a comic book panel pops up. Mm. One part, I thought, oh, this is going to be an aesthetic thing for the whole movie. It just shows up in one part, <laughs> um, and yeah. and then there's like a a, a, a um, David Fincher esque zoom into the yeah. eye of the doll, yeah. into the which was the style of the time. Fight Club was a year later, and he did the same. Like it's just. I think we were early days CGI of like, oh, and that means I can the camera can go mm. anywhere, and whatever. So that was interesting. But then there's other parts where it's, there's weird zooms and freeze frames that just confuses you a little bit. Yeah. But And I think all of these things, sorry, just to say from the outset, 
in watching this and I messaged you and, I, and then I had to bite my tongue because I don't want to say too much, but I messaged you. I'm like, this is a weird movie, man. Yeah. It is definitely the weirdest JC movie we've done. You reckon? I don't reckon it is. You don't reckon? I reckon Double Team's weirder. Yeah, okay. Maybe that's more because I knew was knew what I was getting into. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Dennis Rodman sets it up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, I don't want to sign up for you. The tiger, but, um, the tiger, that final tiger scene with the in the in the wannabe Coliseum. I think the fact that the we're mines getting in, everywhere. The fact that we're getting into a rickshaw race in the first five minutes. It's Hong Kong. <laughs> Uncle Frankie. I assume they do that on the reg down, down in the uh, Well they didn't get Kuala they didn't get Bay. approval. Um, but in watching this, I'm like, this is the weirdest shit I've ever seen. I don't hate it. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. like that kind yeah. of thing. And I think it was definitely skewed as well by the fact that it was a poor quality YouTube upload. Like maybe there was some frame rate issue. Like I don't know if some of those those aesthetic choices of weird zoom-ins and things were affected by poor YouTube. Like, It's I, very I, polite of you. Well, I, wonder, I just wonder if there's a 4K Blu-ray of this, if this would look 5% better or 100% better. You know, I don't, I'm I don't going to go with like 4. Yeah, okay. <laughs> It's probably a fair call. You could pretty, conf- I mean, like like the critic score said, you could pretty confidently say on, on, depending on your criteria, this could be one of the worst JC movies or one of the best because on the one hand for one of the worst is that it doesn't necessarily succeed at everything it's trying to do. But it's trying to do a lot more than what most JC movies are doing. It is, it's aspiring to like, it's almost like, it's so close to being like a Shane Black style masterpiece of action comedy. Yeah. The comedy mostly doesn't land. It's they've they've taken it as you're saying, it's like they've it's like they've Harker made his first movie and he's like, Okay, that yeah. was maybe too much Hollywood. I yeah. need to, I need to bring this to my roots. I, I need to be able right. to impart my my skill set, my experience, my style. Yeah plucking some Hollywood elements into my world. And they probably went, that's great. Now let us edit it yeah. and fucked it. Yeah, and it's a very, not everyone can do that style. It's Yeah. And I think, as I say, JC had a good crack at it. Yeah. And maybe you dial back, maybe you don't have Rob Schneider in there, maybe you have Jackie Chan as his, as yeah. his, you know, but Jackie probably wouldn't be that role but I don't know bad example maybe but I don't know maybe there's at that timing I don't know that might have been a good crossover moment this could have been rush hour before rush hour yeah because when was rush hour maybe the same time turns out rush hour was the right option yeah (laughs) well maybe only because Jackie Chan was in it I don't know knock off four (laughs) yeah um well it's interesting as well because you've got people like Paul Sorvino in in here yeah he's legit He's a great actor. Uh, we know him. We love him. Friend of the show. Love his in, daughter. In many ways. Love his daughter. Uh, love all the Capulets or Montagues, whichever one he is. And um, even he comes across as not being a competent actor in this. Yeah. And I wonder if they redubbed the whole thing or something. And, again, maybe this is this like a – It was a dubbing issue. Not to – I'm speculating a lot on the editor here, but I wonder if there's something here where they just – that everyone has to go back in and, and redo their lines because – so many. The chick, all her stuff comes across real weird. Mm. Schneider's stuff comes across real weird. JC's, yes, JC's, it comes across a bit weird anyway. But like Sorvino's in there and it's like, it's, it's no, it doesn't have the gravitas or anything. Yeah. 
it it's feels a shame. weird. It's, it's a yeah. It's there's something off. There's something off. Yeah, and it's stuff that we again we're not in the industry, so we just look at these things as viewers and we try and add a critical eye. But there's a lot that we don't understand. And when we like did most term- things, like most things, we don't understand much. A couple of guys. A couple of guys over here. But in watching Terminator Two and then realizing that that uh, John Connor redubbed his all of his dialogue. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's why it's a bit weird. Mm. And that he's not actually a Terminator. He's not a Terminator over there. He's we, a human. <laughs> that's Humanoid. Arnold, though. Um, but John well, yeah, Connor yeah, is just a, he's a human. Yes. But um, that weirdness of like things just don't feel right in how he's talking is every single person in this movie. Yeah. I think it's a dubbing thing, man. It must be, right? Because also I, I was watching a behind-the-scenes thing where Rob Schneider was saying how in, when you're shooting in Hong Kong – it's less, I guess, from what he's used to. There's less. Um, they don't shut things off. The public's still walking around everywhere, so maybe it's all really loud, and which would make sense to then dub voices in later. But man, I mean, I was going to say that shit never works, but maybe it, it does work because I just haven't noticed. But man, when it doesn't work, you really notice. <laughs> yeah, and if you look at. I'm just trying to think of uh, a good example. Maybe like uh, Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah. Rumble in the Bronx has um, got more Westerners in it. Yeah. All the Westerners talk funny. Same in Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, good the example. Jackie Chan one. So I think it's a. There's something weird it's, there. It's, yeah, I think it's And the maybe editing. it's the fucking Squid Game. Like maybe there's a thing where if you don't, if, if, it's, if it's not your first language as a director, maybe you're not picking up on the nuances. I think it's the timing of the dub doesn't. Sync. Oh, you mean the dub specifically? Yeah, sorry. So like uh, yeah. it doesn't, like definitely with her, is it Leela? I think her name's Leela. It was weird. Her name's Leela. Because Layla? they would do, sometimes they would speak before they're shown on screen and you'd be like, it already sounds weird. Mm. It sounds bizarre. So you think it was definitely dubbed? I do because I've, it, it, it's basically in line with all the Hong Kong Kung Fu movies when there's a, a Westerner speaking. Yeah, okay. It's the same vibe. And maybe that's just something, not being an expert in Hong Kong movies, maybe there's something in the process there that's different. Like maybe they just value the visuals over the audio and they're like, yeah, you just you do the audio after. What are you talking about? Mm. Maybe. No idea. Probably could have looked that up. <laughs> I didn't think about that. I feel like I've read this. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds oh, familiar. If only there were a couple of movie podcasters that knew what they were talking about. <laughs> Hey, he's our first one back. Give us a break. Yeah, we've been eating a lot of ham. Come on, come on. I've, I'm mostly ham at this point. Oh, we can't talk about knockoff, Greg, without talking about knockoffs in general. hundred percent. I think growing up in Australia, it's a pretty big deal because often a lot of us, our first trips overseas as a young, mm-hmm. independent-ish adult is uh-huh. to Bali and places like that where it's a, it's a big part of the tourism experience. It is. Especially at that age. Walk out with all kinds of Molexes and things. <laughs> what are some of your memorable purchases? I remember going to Bali, uh, not independently at all, with my dad uh, one year. I think I was about 19 or something. And just buying like 20 watches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, why would anyone buy a real watch? <laughs> like idiots. It's going to work beyond three months. Yeah, and I was gifting all these people watches when I came home <laughs> and I never understood why people weren't wearing them, like yeah, family, yeah, the family yeah. and stuff. But it's like, of course, well, A, I knew Very nothing about watches then, so I didn't even know if these were like mimicking any real model 
or if it was just like a swatchy looking thing that said tag on it. Like I don't know. Mm. I'd know. I'd know. Um, Got no frame of reference. No, here, nothing. Me. Nothing going on there. But then also I remember because I was traveling because my dad lived overseas. I mean, we must have met over there or something. And so flying back to Sydney, covered in henna tattoos, <laughs> solo. Um, I used to get random searched all the time when I visit <laughs> my dad for all those reasons. And, and um, they come across all these fake watches in my back. And I I just pled ignorance the whole time because yeah. basically either they're real and you have to pay tax on them or they're fake and it's legal. Mm. And so he just kept asking me and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. My dad gave them to me. I don't know. <laughs> and where would that? It went, on, it went on circular for a while. I think we had some DVDs in there too. And fuck, at the end of the day, it's a flight from Bali. Yeah. I was just a kid, like yeah. as if they were really gonna. He was he was cool in the end. He was like, just fuck it. If out. they're experienced enough, they're gonna work out the, the kind of thing they're looking for is not you. Yeah, they were hoping to find drugs on me. I think. Yeah, I was that. I was that demo. Hashish. Yeah, <laughs> they looked in my boogie board cover and everything. Um, <laughs> and in not. Singapore, I think I mentioned before on the pod that my, when I was a kid, my dad lived in Singapore. And so when I, I remember when I was a kid going to Singapore, there was a lot more of that stuff there. And so I remember going shopping with my dad mm. and you go into these places and they'll take you into a back room. And they looked, from the memory of a six-year-old child, they looked pretty legit. And my dad had, I mean, he'd never admitted which watches were fake or anything. And I, I guess they probably were all fake. But his point was if you can't tell, then what does it matter? Yeah. And we're both watch guys now relatively, probably you more than me, but now I really would would never want to wear a fake watch. I don't know if that's just the watch companies have won in that sense or. Well, they certainly haven't because oh, okay. it's a fucking massive industry. So knockoffs, counterfeit products in general yeah. is – it's huge. Yeah. So it's funny when we when we think about it and kind of – It feels you, old to us. As you've just highlighted, it was kind of like for an era of when you maybe couldn't have access to some yeah, of the, yeah. the luxury items but you still like the idea of the name and, yeah. and so on and so forth. But the reality is is that counterfeiting products as an industry is the biggest criminal uh, revenue, I guess, model in the world. So yeah, right. more money – is generated out of counterfeit products than than drugs, um, Whoa. than human trafficking. Then, is this you know, is this like it. to the point where I may have a counterfeit product and not know? Well, this is that's a whole other um, a whole other bit to it. So, like my my V six jeans are real though, right? I have you tried to rip them? Well, they exploded once. Yeah, that means they're fake. <laughs> if they if your clothes explode, it means they're fake. In this film, that's, that's the, the whole. That's the tell. We we may not have mentioned that. Oh no, we did explosions, wildfire. Wildfire. Yeah. So what was fascinating, so counterfeit extends, so we talk about luxury items. That's usually where our heads go to. Yeah. When you think counterfeit, you think watches, you think maybe even shoes. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Like so counterfeit products extend into like pharmaceuticals. There is Whoa, a huge fuck. amount of counterfeit like pharmaceuticals. placebos? Well, I think they're not placebos in the sense that they're still – They still deliver stuff in the there. stuff. Well, maybe in varying degrees. Some yeah. of them are less, they're not as safe. Some of them have random shit in there that, to uh, supplement other areas. Kind of like when you someone might buy drugs, drugs, There's there's been yeah. bits and pieces added. Interesting. It's It makes up to, uh, up to 7% of world trade, 
which is pretty significant. And isn't there Total like Total World Trade? I'm pretty sure I've heard things like, and again, I don't know this for sure, so maybe I'm a bit ignorant here. Mm. But aren't there like pretty openly fake Apple stores in China and shit? Like I'd always well, heard. I'm not sure about the storefronts. It's e-commerce has been a boom for uh, it as of well. Of course, yeah, of course. Because back in the day, you know, like like you were saying, we would go to Bali or you go to Thailand. Yeah. And part of the experience was buying a Patek that was yeah. $100 that looked great. Yeah. This, I mean. So Man, I'd, even Game Boy games, that was a big one. Yeah. When, oh, DVDs, so obviously. First time in Singapore in series. those days, that was the Game Boy era. And you could buy like 25 games in one in Singapore that would have like Mario and all these other yeah. games in, this, in one cartridge that cost 30 bucks. Yeah, the only ones. That's so right. I guess it was I illegal. I guess it was technically counterfeit. Yeah. But it seemed to be a lot looser there at the time because then going back, because my dad lived in Singapore twice, once as a little kid and then once as basically an adult. And by the time I went there as an adult, that stuff wasn't there anymore. So I don't know what the deal was there. Or maybe well, I just Singapore's didn't wasn't get access anymore. Evolved. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty stringent in a lot of ways. Yeah. Hong Kong, probably less so. China is where the action, China accounts for 63, well. I think Malaysia you could still get Yep, for stuff. sure. Well, it's, yeah. it's looser countries yeah. as, a, as a whole. Yeah. But apparently China accounts for, well, this is off straight off wiki, but 2013 is the latest data points they're talking to. Yeah. 63% of sources of counterfeit materials came out of Hong Kong, uh, sorry, China. Yeah. 21.3 uh, Hong Kong. So there's 65%, sorry, 85% of the entire counterfeit product market. Which then to this film's credit, if you were a terrorist organisation, Planting bombs in counterfeit products gets you into a lot of places. Genius. It's not bad. Let's give some credit to that. Yeah, that's an idea. Yeah. It's not bad. Not bad old D'Souza. You got something there? Yeah, that's a good idea, I think. Um, so it's interesting. The, I'll touch on a couple of other interesting points that came up. E-commerce has been a, a bonanza for counterfeit. Yeah. Because, as you say, we used to have to go to Southeast Asia or wherever to, yeah. to get these products, whereas now you can just buy them online. Buy them online. I get served um, ads on Instagram by companies selling knockoff Yeezys and stuff. Yeah, and there's I guess like micro versions of this too because everyone that came to us making our merch initially we were like, well, we'll just sell JCVD TVs and stuff, tees, TVs, yeah, yeah, t-shirts, and. Um, and then we found, oh, that's technically illegal. But then you go on Etsy and there's all these people that have, it's definitely not officially licensed product. Yeah, I don't. And so I, I guess all of that is is at least dotted line to counterfeit products. Definitely. Um, it's licensing. Yeah, it's licensing. I think the only ones, like Disney's so hardcore on it, I think all the Etsy stores that sell anything Disney gets shut down. But you can search Bloodsport on Etsy and there's hundreds of stores selling stuff that I, I am certain um, you know, Frank Dukes hasn't approved. <laughs> <laughs> That's very astute on your part. Wow. Oh, well, up north. very astute on your part. <laughs> it's, it is fascinating. I think where I've landed in my humble opinion in the last hour is yes. that I guess at the scale of the problem is it's like drugs. Yeah. You, it's like, well, you can buy drugs easily and they you just message and talk to drug dealers. Yeah. It's the scale of it is so big that the, it can't be policed. Yeah, they just they shut down. They they there's a lot of money being spent by governments all around the world. I'm sure to yeah. target this stuff, but then it just pops up elsewhere. Yeah, and there's Definitely. so much money involved that they just the risk versus reward. Perhaps I don't know, but it's huge. And like the 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 
medicine thing was pretty interesting. That's crazy. Apparently India are leading that. That's fascinating. That's a little bit scary, but at least I guess they're not placebos. That's the silver lining. Well, the weird, the other thing is counterfeits in some instance, uh, yeah, I think it also covers illegal production, non-licensed production of goods. So what I've heard of firsthand yeah. is some of the factories in China that produce. I've heard this. They run extras. They, yeah. The factory workers come in yeah. after hours and produce more and sell them on the black market. I've heard that too because I was also thinking as you're talking about that, I think that there is the stalls in Bali that sell like probably very bad watches. Mm-hmm. But then there are the more like air quotes genuine fakes yeah, which are probably more like that, which are maybe pretty close to Yeah, and you can legit. pay you can pay um, over like you can pay a thousand bucks for a fake Rolex Submariner. Yeah. Retail good. retail is ten grand for that watch. Aussie. Yeah, you can buy a fake for just over a thousand bucks. And apparently, until you open up the back of it, you can't tell the difference. They, yeah. They're weighted, uh, but apparently, once you open the back, then you go. Interesting. I was so when I bought Ara's engagement ring, I was so paranoid because I was up in the Diamond District of New York, like in mm. like that Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. yeah. The first guy I spoke to with his name was Jacob KG. Diamond, with a missing tooth. And I was like, I don't think this is my guy. But, but like the whole time I'm like, someone's going to sell me a fucking fake diamond. Yeah. And then in more recent years, apparently lab-grown diamonds are becoming more of a thing. Not so that they're fake diamonds so much as that just that they're ethically. They're, 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 they're not blood diamonds. Well, this is the thing because Point they. Danny Archer, A-R-C-H-E-R. <laughs> Archer. The one time DiCaprio did an accent. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, but he played a dweeb in that new movie, which was surprisingly less painful. It was pretty painful. good. Did you watch it? Yeah. Yeah, it was not bad. It was less painful than I, I – I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. I was ready to not like that movie. I didn't want to watch it. And I was being a polite husband. Well, I think part of what, what started to really uh, – we're going off on a tangent here. I need to finish my other point, but I will finish this tangent first. Part of what – it's come up recently on the pod. Part of what has come uh, to the surface for me as something that I realised I care about is I don't want to see movies – where the whole cast is movie stars because it just means that no one else was given an opportunity. Like these people already yep. like salary cap actors, fucking let them make a $50 million salary movie and then give someone else a fucking shot. But with that movie. Oh, yeah. Or it was maybe like, don't make a vodka. Yeah, something. There needs to be time. something. But um, But that movie, it seemed like it was kind of the point to make a very palatable, broad movie that suddenly gets very serious at the end. As like a, hey, hey, guys. We're just trying the world, guys. What are you thinking about, guys? Anyway, but where were we I don't like this that one? director so much. Um, yeah, same. Because is Will Ferrell, he seems like he's a bit of a jerk to Will Ferrell. Adam McKay or whatever. Yeah. Is that, that guy? Yeah, it's, it's fucking stepbrothers, man. It's, it's. Oh, crap. I didn't. Oh, you're so much better at remembering who's who. <laughs> I need a, can you draw me a flowchart? Yeah, well, this is the thing. He's like graphic. turned his back on Will Ferrell. With all his handsome stars now. Mm. I feel like he insists upon himself. He does. He does. He definitely does. And so when that cast. A bit of his footprint is in succession as well, by the way. Yeah. And you can see it especially in the season one because I think he directed the first couple episodes. Yeah. It's got that very that very big short don't look up vibe to it. Mm. Um, I don't like it. Which is why I was ready to not like that movie. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day I kind of liked there was what enough it was, in there. I kind of liked what it was doing. I was like, ah, okay, this is not bad. Yeah. Um, uh, I forgot what the main point was there. 
Well, that was a good tangent. Something about something. Yeah, I can't remember. Counterfeits. Genuine fakes. Oh, oh the yes, diamonds. The diamonds. Yeah, so apparently um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's People like, are going, the diamonds. You're talking about the diamonds. <laughs> Oki, sorry. sorry. Um, Oki says he yells at us a lot on the podcast, yeah. um, which is fine. He's an emotional. He's, he's a fiery Colombian. Yeah, yeah. Don't, <laughs> please, please don't. Is he Colombian? Yeah. But he was black. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's Sinbad. Um, although maybe he's Colombian. Black? I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> did we say any of this? I'm not sure. I think we did. Um, can we? Oh, can we? No, we can't. Okay. But we did. Here we are. Uh, but apparently, like, even we're talking about this recently, me and that, that wife of mine in lockdown <laughs> where we go on long walks. Is this thing about um, uh, lab-grown diamonds? Where technically they're still diamonds, but obviously no one died trying to mine them. And I was pretty ignorant on that, thinking like, "Well, but blood diamonds aren't that Bloody. mainstream, right?" Like, but it seems like most diamonds probably are blood diamonds to some extent. Right. Like, I don't know that anything. Someone's is that, working for a dollar a week. Yeah, I don't know any of that. Any of it is that ethically sourced, right? Depending where you draw the line. But I guess you could say the same thing about Fish. fucking most of Jordans or whatever, you know. Like, but again, I don't know Jordans fours or Jordan ones. <laughs> yeah, anything that's not Jordan mids. People don't like the mids. About dunks. <laughs> dunks, there, there, they can come in and go, whatever. But yeah, I think that's just uh, as we become more conscious as consumers. Do you even want to risk getting a blood diamond? I, I just wonder: Will we get to the point? In a tangential link to knockoffs, <laughs> where we get to a point where the fiancés of the world will happily accept a lab-grown diamond. I wonder. Because then there's also the opportunity cost. If I can buy you a diamond for a grand instead of however many thousands of dollars and we can get a nice house to live in instead. Well. There's an argument to be made. There is. Or I buy a Rolex for myself. There's Even a better argument. argument. Yeah. <laughs> I like that argument. Yeah. There is an argument that maybe they should just pump up the prices of the fakies. Not the fakies, the lab-growns. Yeah. Some so it's still status. Yeah. But it's just, and this is where it all the whole capitalism thing, <laughs> like as you go deeper in these things, I don't know if this happens to you, as you learn about crypto or as you learn about anything, you realise nothing has inherent value. <laughs> it's just, it's all, it's all just per- perceived and, value. and yeah, Because yeah, even diamonds, apparently there's more than, what they say they use and there's just, you know, they manufacture the shortage to keep. It's all, it's just all make-believe. It's just. Mm-hmm. Scarcity. It's crazy. It's crazy. So at the end of the day. We're simple it, creatures. Is a knockoff even that bad? Who knows? Who knows? It is if it blows out on you in the middle of a rickshaw yeah. race. <laughs> and if it fucking explodes from Paul Savino's remote control. Yeah, can we just touch on, just back on the film. <laughs> yeah, what movie is this? Knockoff. Knockoff. That whole ending is fucking shit. <laughs> The, the ending ending? Yeah. Like, the last part okay, in the bar. Okay, so how – she blows him bands. up. She blows, oh, yeah, him, she blows up. him up, yeah. But he's not blown up. It's almost like that should have been a post credit scene. That, yeah. The two months later thing. Like do you know who did that late blow up well? Who? Last Boy Scout. When oh, Shirley takes the – Shirley, the you know, the owner of the Cowboys or whoever it is. Yeah. The mastermind criminal. Yeah. Rich old white guy. He takes yeah. the wrong – he sees the briefcase and he takes the wrong – Takes it home thinking he's it's got millions of dollars in it. Ah, uh, yeah. You're like, you switched the briefcase. That means Shirley took the, and then it's like, ah, uh, 
yeah. And he's in the the Hollywood Hills mansion or wherever he is. Blows himself up in his in his mansion. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. This one, I thought the guy was dead a second ago. He just got blown up. Yeah. I think he, his detonator was frizzled. Yeah. And yet somehow he alive. He alive. <laughs> somehow he alive. He alive. Yeah. And then they're having small talk banter. Is that her passed out on the table next to them? Oh, I didn't notice that. Is it meant to be her or is it just some other person with Maybe. Black, black hair? Very, very strange. But it feels like if that was came up in the middle of the credits, I feel like you might be more accepting because I think things that are like post-credit scenes or whatever, it's like... Is it real? Is, is it, it real or is it just a bit of fire? Who knows? Because you're right. It's weird to go straight from he's dead to he's alive, now he's dead. And he's... He's, yeah, it's not like he's like scarring or anything. He's just tinkering with some more bombs. Yeah, and gets blown up. Why yeah. is the detonator setting off the like? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make much sense. And, and also, they've blown up uh, a building in downtown Hong Kong. Yeah, and they didn't he's notice. not going to be the only person in that building. Oh yeah, Casualties. let alone the surrounding. Well, area. this is before movies became more conscious of those things. You know how now every Marvel movie or whatever has to account for everybody, the civilians. I think I think that's called the Austin Powers effect. Austin Powers, yeah, yeah, the henchman. The henchman. <laughs> um, Where's Daddy? But that whole that whole final scene. Genius. <laughs> Can we do that? Yeah. Fuck. Whoa. Yeah, we haven't done that. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. But that whole last scene, I get the sense that it was. Toasty. <laughs> yeah, the whole remix Whoa. there. I was looking for keep going. Yes, you're like Kanye West in the Austin Mills is <laughs> yeah. a DJ. Like he presses the buttons. Yeah, and what they do. Greg really wants to get an 808 drum machine for the podcast. Oh. What was I going to say? That final scene, it feels highly improvised as well, um, which, again, I kind of like the vibe that they're going for then. And I think this is, uh, well, I guess we'll get into the verdict, but I have a whole Shane Black repitch of this movie. Not a repitch. It's really just redirected with some recasts. Just adding some jingle bells? Adding some jingle bells to it. Yeah, set it at Christmas. Pudding. <laughs> I'm also very conscious of the fact that I'm slightly whitewashing it by taking, (laughs) especially when it's said in the handover and all. Anyway, let's get into the verdict and then we'll we'll move into that. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again. Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Man, this one's in a weird place. As In terms of overall verdict for this one, this is a weird place. Because on the one hand, I would say it's probably just for JCVD completionists. But on the other hand, I would say it's one of the more interesting ones. Like a lot of the other ones we like. They're quite same, same, like mm. the fight tournament and that mm. kind of thing. This is maybe one of the most different. I would say it's a – I'm going to watch this again. I'll put it that way. I'm definitely going to watch this again at some point. Um, maybe when it's available to stream in higher than 480p or whatever it was. Um, I wasn't bored watching this movie and I was intrigued. Yeah, I was aware. Yeah. Would you have Rob Schneider in it again? That's something I forgot to say actually. I think I would. Only because I think this thing of Schneider in Lat Pack movies might be best use of Schneider. I don't. I don't have. I don't have. We mean Demolition Man. It was. 
Only be, again, let me caveat that by saying only because I don't like him in anything else. I think okay, <laughs> best I'm, use of Schneider as opposed to any other use of Schneider being. The other thing I'll say about this movie is I think he actually delivered the dramatic notes better than the comedy. Ironically, I know he's primarily there as comic relief. When the chick's about to get acided all over her face, he has a good moment of like, "Oh, come on, man." Not that it was an Oscar-worthy performance. Where's the acid come means. from? Was that was in the dolls? Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. He's just an evil guy. He's got acid on you know, <laughs> <laughs> at all times. Um, but I thought he actually was more convincing on the CIA serious stuff that he was. I didn't laugh at anything he said. Really do. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's somewhat ironic that his strength in this movie was being maybe the most dramatically affecting. <laughs> Next to a Paul Sorvino. You know yeah, what I mean? It's ironic. Because I don't know who the fuck he gave a VIP, uh, via MVP to in this movie, but he's as good as anyone else, man. It's fucked. Yeah. But what were we saying? Recast is. I've got a redirectory. So it's, it's basically the same movie. And I'm very conscious. I only realized this towards the end where I'm very conscious of a movie set in Hong Kong by a Hong Kong director, set in the handover from UK back to back to China. Uh, that I'm saying, what if we got a white guy to direct? <laughs> but I feel like tonality-wise, action married with this bantery, quippy humour, a Shane Black picture would do this nicely. And you're right, set it at Christmas, why the fuck not? Jingle Bell Rock goes in there at some point, maybe the closing credits. And, mm. I mean, ideally you do it with JCVD. I think we've said before, for a JCVD comeback, who's the director we'd want him in the capable hands of? And I think Shane Black has come up a few times. There's obviously the Tarantino type of thing, but whatever. That might be more of a Dolph Lundgren thing, I think. But for JCVD, he's very capable with a lot of the humour in the right hands. And Shane Black might be those hands. But if I was recasting this based on this being a Shane Black picture made today, I would say mm, going. Kevin Hart and Colin Farrell. Kevin Hart as Rob Schneider. Oh, okay. Because he can, he can turn on a dime on the dramatic a little bit too. Can he? Like, well, uh, enough. If, he turned, if he's being comic relief and then flip, I'm actually a CIA agent, I can see him being relatively serious on that. And Colin Farrell's done Shane Black stuff before, I believe, right? Kiss, uh, kiss, bang, bang. Well, then I had <laughs> I also had those guys. Well, that's not Colin Farrell, is it? <laughs> no, but I had I had um, Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. Is that Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang? Oh, Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. Yeah, yeah. I had Val Kilmer in there too because uh, I also thought if it was early two thousands, I'd maybe put a Joey Pants in there and Val Kilmer. But that that one was harder to crack. But oh, I, yeah? I think Kevin Hart and Colin Farrell worked quite well. I was messing around with the Chris's for a while, like um, Chris Hemsworth, Chris. Well, we always mess around with the Hemsworth boys. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Evans. I feel like he needs something new right now. No, I don't think he does. <laughs> that was a Marvel joke from me. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Did you watch Spider-Man yet? No, man. <sighs> Have you been hit with spoilers yet? No. Okay, good. I want to go to the movies. I might. I want to go watch The Matrix. Yeah. I watched all three over the break. Did you? Yeah, it was a battle. Yeah, it's getting mixed reviews. Yeah. I just want to go to the movies and eat popcorn to be honest. Yeah, man. Dark. It was fun. Yeah. Anyway. Chop tops. 
Let's uh, let's try and finish an Support episode. Support your local cinema. Um, yeah, let's wrap this up. What let's wrap this got? up. All right. Uh, did Simpsons do it? No. <laughs> <laughs> porn parody? No. Although maybe there's some porn out there with exploding jeans. Or just people knocking off. Oh, we didn't do the JCVD the test either. Oh. Well, let's blast through it. He's not American in this, I don't think. His buns don't come out. He doesn't do the splits. There's no high-waisted pleated pants. We're way off base here. Mm, yeah. Uh, Mysterious Foreign Land is the only check he gets. No Fallen Loved One. Maybe the first movie with No Fallen Loved One. That's crazy. There's no revenge. He's not seeking revenge in a mysterious foreign land for a fallen loved one at the hands of morally corrupt racial stereotypes. He just found the problem. Yeah. Oh, Eddie's kind of a fallen Oh, loved Eddie. One. Okay. I take it back. I, I didn't gauge how close they were. Well, also, Eddie how dies. How could you? Eddie. How are you to know? Dies by a rocket. He gets rocketed across into a. That's Who are these Russians? They're still out there, man. <laughs> it's a subtle use of Russian bad guys I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. Anyway, back to our normal um, thing. Uh, uh, porn parody, no. Bechdel test, n- no. Although she's a pretty good female character and a woman of colour, which is pretty good uh, for the yeah, time. Oh, yeah, I think it's not a Bechdel pass, obviously. She's not there as just a passive accessory. She's not a love interest at all. Yeah, I think it's a... She's, she's a, a character at least. Yeah. Doesn't pass What about Bechdel. the Chinese or the Asian girl at the beginning that's kind of set up to be someone? Well, yeah, I thought she was going to be a main character. And then, but she pops up later. I her on the ship? I didn't think of her until you brought it up right it's now. It's weird. And that other guy, the it Asian, seems like the the Asian sh- American guy. I thought they edited Why the shit out of this thing. Why did he exist? Yeah. And because it he was so poor popping quality. popping up and saving the day. Yeah. And I couldn't gauge who he was exactly. And because it was poor quality on the YouTube, but in that first scene I was like, is that Chow Yun Fat? <laughs> and I knew he wasn't in it. So I was like, Mate, is this a cameo? Like it's a strange. homage? Like some kind of nod that we're in Hong Kong? And it was, no, it was some other guy. Guy. Anyway, yeah. FX test, almost. Uh, there's stuff I like from an FX point of view in here. Yeah. The blue, the green fire and stuff is kind of cool. I didn't like the green fire. Oh, you didn't like that? No. I did like the fight sequences. I thought yeah. they were refreshing for Van Damme to be trying this new style. It's fast. Yeah. There's no slow-mo kicks. There's no, ah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. This is new. It could have been better. It wasn't, It's, but it was pretty, I thought it was a good, Crack. Maybe they need to release the Chewy Cut. Oh, big time. Release, yeah, the, good release the Springfield 2. <laughs> recasties. Got, did you have any other recasties? Oh, I think I did. Hang on. Oh, I did have Russell Crowe at one point because of the Shane Black angle. Nice. But I think like, he's too old now That's and that's when I started looking at 2000s recasties too. Oh, I went the opposite. Actually, I've got my notes here. That helps. Um <laughs> I think I went the opposite direction as you and just said make it a proper Hong Kong vehicle, bring in Jackie and Samo as the two leads. I think that's or, probably the way to do it because I've just taken a gig from a Hong Kong director and given it to a white guy. That's so you. <laughs> so it's probably I agree. That's probably the right way to do it is but keep, keep it Hong Kong. And keep JC but make him the Russian and bring the Russians in properly. JC, we need more bad guy JC. Bad guy JC. Maybe he's Sylvina. Yeah. You know, bring him in as a bad guy. Yeah. Um, keep him there, obviously. This and then could just be, I mean, he did it in Expendables 2, I think, was it 2? Yeah, he kicked a, speaking of the Hemworths, he, he, kicked, he a, killed, killed one of the weaker kicked ones. Kicked a knife into the lesser worth. <laughs> He's working his way up. The I'd chain. love to be a lesser. I feel like I've said this before. Mate, a lesser Hemsworth, you're still an upper human. Oh, top, <laughs> top 
point good five nano percent. Yeah. Um, give or me the lowest just, one. And you can just mooch. I'll be the Daniel Baldwin of the Hemsworths. I don't care. Is it Daniel? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's probably not a murderer though. <laughs> uh, I would hate for Alec not to, to cut me off the Christmas list. <laughs> Hemsworths, Baldwins, uh, they're all the same. Anyway, hey, thanks for listening and thanks Happy New Year. Listening. Well, I guess that was last episode, but here we are. And um, we'll speak again soon. Take care of yourselves and each other. Yeah. Bye. Come on. Have a good day, sir. <laughs>